welcome to the Haynet podcast. Today's episode, we have a special guest, the fantastic Daisy from How Very Horsey. I wanted to actually chat today, actually, is it a good thing to be open and honest with your feelings and views when writing an equestrian blog and particularly promoting it through social media? The natural choice to talk to about this definitely was Daisy, as her blog has been a finalist in the Equestrian Blog of the Year Awards because she writes a very open and honest and inspirational blog about juggling life with horses and being a mum too. So over to you, Daisy, and we just look forward to hearing your views and why it's good to be honest. Hello, my name is Daisy. I blog at How Very Horsey, and I'm absolutely delighted to have been asked by Haynet to chat on their podcast. Now, I am a virgin podcaster. I have never done one of these before, but I love to listen to them and genuinely honoured to have been asked to chat for Haynet. Um, the title they've given me is, Is it a good thing to be open and honest with your feelings and views when blogging? And their questions are all about that this week. And so first question, why did you start a question blog? My blog started very simply because I was pregnant, I couldn't ride, I'd recently had a riding accident, then I got pregnant and I was a bit sad and miserable to be honest and I thought I can't do it right now but maybe writing about it would help and it was my mother's idea, she, I hate to say it but mothers tend to be right quite often and she said, why don't you start a blog? Why don't you write? And as you can't ride right now, write about it. So that's what I did. I started my blog and I thought if someone reads this and it's helpful or interesting, like literally one person, then that does enough for me. And I massively underestimated the effect it would have because not only have people engaged with it and it's helped them and they've really related to it, but it's also helped me hugely by writing about stuff. It's incredibly healing. It's empowering to kind of be that open and share our story and analyse our feelings and ask the questions. So the blog has been much larger than I anticipated, and I'm very proud Um of what it's become, I guess. I'm hoping it's going to be bigger and better and do more now because it's kind of the person I am. <laughs> um, but yes, it's definitely grown from a tiny acorn. How long have you been blogging for now? Well, my son's now four and a half, so that puts it into perspective how long. So we're nearly on the five, five year mark now. Um, so you are very open and honest through your writing. Does this help with your blog engagement? I try to be. I never consciously thought I'm going to be very open and honest in this blog. I think I am just quite an open person. I've never been one to kind of shy away from things or hide things. And I guess I like to speak up where other people maybe don't. And as a child, that probably got me into trouble a lot. 
Um, I definitely had a few detentions from teachers who didn't like me asking those questions that I probably shouldn't have. Or I remember once a teacher said to me, how is it helpful you doodling rather than listening to me in a class? And I said, well, it's probably helpful because I'm not distracting the rest of the class from their thing. I actually gave her an answer. So I, I've always been one to speak up, where, even when I shouldn't. So I guess my blog was always going to be quite open because it's me. Um, but I think it has helped with engagement. I think a massive turning point for me is when I talked about the personal stuff. And people would send me messages saying, thank you so much for speaking about that. Or knowing that someone like you is, is, has experienced that has really helped me. And that was a real surprise, actually. Um, but yeah, I think people do engage if you're open and honest. They, they can relate to you quicker, I think. Um, with Instagram and bloggers and all this thing, I think there's a fine line between inspirational and aspirational. And there are some bloggers and social media people that are very glossy and beautiful and I love following them because it's, it's dreamy and we all love to watch a dream. We all like to watch, you know, the rom-com movie. Um... But there are others that are, are a bit more open, a bit more honest, a bit more openly flawed, I think. And I really respect them and I, I relate to them better. I like the mummy bloggers that also do the posts about not having enough sleep and occasionally hating their own children. I much more relate to them than the ones that look like everything is brilliant all the time. So... So yeah, I think it does help with engagement to be truthful to you. And if you are someone that is very open and honest, be that way. Because why shouldn't you be? Um, what are the challenges in speaking so honestly and openly yourself up? Oh, opening yourself up to potential criticism and conflict of opinion. Yeah, I think with being open, it does open you up to bad stuff. And I have had some quite nasty comments and I've had some quite nasty messages. And I did question for a little bit. There's a few times where I've kind of backed off the blogging for, for different reasons. But one of them was somebody said, by speaking the way you do, it's going to affect your competitive career. And... I am a competitor. I'm quite competitive. I've gone through phases where I haven't been quite so much, but I like to work hard and I like to do well. And I've ridden at a decent level. I've done all right in my time. And I'd like to continue to do so. And when I was writing the blog, a lot of stuff was going on. But one of the big things is I was going from ponies into horses, which is quite a big step. So I went from being very successful at the top of my game in the pony world to massively out of my depth, not really knowing what was going on and a total nobody in the horse world. And that's quite an isolating thing. So then to be told that 
somebody said that people will see you as a troublemaker and troublemakers don't win. Literally word for word what somebody at, <laughs> who is very successful in the competitions I do said to me, you'll be seen as a troublemaker and troublemakers don't win. And so I stepped back and I thought, if I want to, if I want to win, if I want to be successful, do I need to stop blogging? Do I need to stop writing these opinions? And I took some time to think about it. And I just realised that I think I'd rather be second and have the opportunity to make a difference and speak up where someone else won't and potentially change something. I think I would be happier being second but knowing I've been true to me. And once I'd kind of realised that, I felt more comfortable in my decision. But I'm not going to lie, the criticism, the conflict of others is difficult sometimes. But I would say 80%, if not more, of the stuff I've received has been positive. The engagement has been positive and got to focus on the good, I guess. Got to focus on the happy people and the people that are cheering you on and the people that are enjoying your content and enjoying what you're writing. Focus on them. And for all those haters out there, I just think they're obviously very unhappy if they want to be nasty to me. And so I will send them love and block them. As simple as that. Um, so yeah, it does open, you know, by being open, it does let people find your Achilles heel, as it were. And that is tricky. And when I started to talk about my confidence issues, I also found there were competitors that were going to use that. They were going to manipulate and use that to their advantage. And Again, that's a negative, I guess, by being open. But again, it's a small percentage. And if I can help a bunch of people, then I'll, I'll deal with the consequence of that. Have you found writing with frankness has encouraged positivity from your audience perspective? Yeah, I have. I think, I think if you are frank and honest and open and go there it will be rewarded because your audience will engage with that better than something light and fluffy and artificial. You know, if, you, if you're putting content out there that is just super light and airy and fluffy, it can be great and it can be really positive for someone. But I just think life's too short to be too light and fluffy. You know, let's put some stuff out that makes a difference, that matters, that's truthful, that's raw. Why don't we go there a bit more and potentially make a change? And I'm, I've gone through some very difficult times recently over the last few years. And, but the blogging is my way of changing the world. And that's going to sound um, maybe a little bit egotistical, but... I just think if one person reads it and it makes them feel like they're not alone and it makes their day better, then that's changing the world for me. So, so yeah, being frank has, has been received very positively 
and people like that. I had one girl that I rode with at university and she sent me a message. I hadn't spoken to her for years and she sent me a message going, having heard you talk the way you did, I've made these changes and knowing that you felt these things has made a huge impact and I'm going to do this now. And that's huge for me. That's absolutely massive that 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 you know me typing away on my little computer in my little room has made somebody smile or laugh or change something or or make a better decision or enjoy their horse slightly more and so yeah being frank has been received positively with all riders suffering at some point with anxiousness and nerves do you feel documenting this in the form of blog writing a great help I think writing about my confidence issues has been has been positive on so many fronts and it's been hugely positive for me for for processing and going through this and writing it on paper has been incredibly healing for me but yes it's been brilliant the amount of people that have related to that have related to the content have enjoyed the content and Riding is not a team sport. It it can be, but generally it can be you and your horse and that's quite isolating and not everyone has a very good support network around them. It's just them and their horse and so if they're dealing with a, a crisis of confidence, they might not have someone at their yard or around them that is there and understanding and supporting them. So by reading a blog, they get that support and I've had somebody in South Africa <laughs> say that reading what I'm writing has helped them. And that's huge. And you wouldn't get that very easily without writing a blog, without putting the content out there on the big wide world, you know, the WWW. It wouldn't have reached that girl in South Africa that felt really alone and felt like she was the only person that was getting to the yard and sitting in her car and then going home again and telling her mum that she'd ridden, but secretly she hadn't. And we are there. People do go there. I've been the person that has literally put her sat-nav on in the car because I couldn't just drive to the yard because my nerves were so bad. So I put the sat-nav on and it just broke down the journey into smaller chunks. And that's literally how bad I was. And I spoke about it. And so other people that were doing the same thing when I'm not alone. So, so yeah, I think documenting that in a written form has just meant it's been able to be accessed by, by a much bigger, bigger market than I had anticipated for sure. Which social network do you find is better for engagement and interaction with the audience that reads your post? I think a lot of bloggers, some bloggers don't even have their own, I know there's a lot of con controversy about whether a blogger can be a blogger if they don't actually have a blog, if they're purely Facebook posts. And I do have an actual website, um, howverryhorsey.co.uk, go check it out. Yes, little plug there. Um, but I do share everything on Facebook and I also share a lot of other things on Facebook that aren't kind of worthy of a whole few hundred words and a whole blog, but but is worth a, a Facebook post. And 
and sharing an Instagram, the same thing. I share different things on different platforms. I don't use Twitter. I did for a while and I did kind of find it a big ball of negativity, I guess. So I did kind of distance myself from Twitter, but I think they all have their benefits and it's working out what works for you. I love Instagram. I love the pretty pictures. I like following people that I'd like to be more like. I like following the people that are open and sharing their journeys. Um, there's a lovely community of bloggers and horsey people online on Instagram and Facebook um, that have had a massive impact on me. And, and I love it that I have someone I consider a friend who lives four hours away. I've only met in person twice. And genuinely, I could tell, tell you she's my friend. And that's huge, I think. So I think all the platforms have their benefits and it's working out what works for you. But, but for me, Facebook and Instagram and my website is enough. Well, it's enough admin as much as anything, um, as I do have to also have a job and be a mother and ride my pony sometimes so so yeah that's what works for me um finally tell us about yourself and how very horsey where can we find you what are your plans for 2020 so I am Daisy mother of one rider of a big chestnut and a who's awesome the lovely Jack and we also have my lovely Pi, who's now 25 years old, who I've had for, oh my God, 20 years. I've just realised that. Wow. Um, so, yeah, you find me at howveryhorsey.co.uk or at howveryhorsey on all the various social media platforms. You will find me at shows, generally with a small four-year-old boy who never stops talking. Um, so if you hear a small boy going, days, 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 you'll probably find me fairly close by. My plans for 2020 are compete Jack, see how we get on with him. Um, Pi is going to do the veterans at Royal Windsor Horse Show, which is awesome. I love that. That's his little annual outing. And, and do more confidence training. I have my online confidence coaching group now which I'm really enjoying doing. I do one-to-ones with people as well. So so definitely making more of the confidence coaching. It's something that's really sat right with me and is something that I'm finding very rewarding. And the people, the people that are on the course seem to think it's good. So I'm going to keep doing that. So that is my plan for 2020. Competitively and confidence coaching and potentially there is a book that's half written on my computer that I should probably get finishing. And I will say that on this podcast because maybe that will make me answerable enough to get on and finish it. So yeah, lots of exciting, new exciting things for 2020, I hope. And lots more blogging and talking and interviewing. I've got a new mentor interviews series coming up as well, which I'm very excited to share. Um, so you can all check that as well. So thank you, Haynet, for asking me to talk. I hope I haven't waffled too much. And I've loved this podcasting. So thank you so much for listening, everybody. Thank you for Haynet for asking me to get involved. Bye.
Oh, thank you so much, Daisy. That's been really interesting to listen to why you're open and honest and why you write your blog in that manner. And I'm absolutely certain our viewers have really enjoyed listening to that today. So thank you. Um, please head over to the Haynet podcast um, library that we have. We have quite a few episodes now. So please visit www.hay-net.co.uk forward slash podcast. And we have more um, episodes lined up in the future with various guests. And I've got a few topics that I would like to discuss as well. So please keep an eye out. And uh, we look forward to obviously recording a new episode for you very soon. 